From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today, I'm talking about an illness someone else has and how you can lessen that emotional impact on yourself through techniques, through mindset strategies. And I want to provide you with an example, a personal story of mine, and how I've lessened that emotional impact on myself. And I hope that this episode provides a lot of value to you and what you're currently going through. Because if you were like my old self, who was very emotionally reactive to other people's illnesses, news on Facebook, Instagram, of people getting diseases and illnesses, things like that, what can you do to lessen that emotional impact so that you don't spiral down in deep into anxiety? So that's really important. Before I get into that, I want to go over your comments on last week's episode, episode 142. And on that episode, I talked about the signs that you are on the right track to recovery, that your anxiety is lessening. Maddie Lopez, who's left a comment on the podcast before, says, For me, I have to reflect back on the me in the past and where I've come from. Those reminders are crucial for sparking up that fire when you reach a setback. Great episode. Thank you, Maddie, for following along and continuing to follow along with the podcast. Uh, Roxana, who's also left a comment on the podcast before, says, Every time I am in an anxiety-inducing environment. It feels like the experience is new every time, no matter how many panic episodes you had. But staying in those places is necessary for overcoming that fear. Thank you, Roxana. And it looks like that you are on the right track. You have the right mindset, the right perspective for handling these situations. Really, really impressive. Thank you. G. Maxis, Maxx says, who left a comment on the YouTube version, says, thank you so much for your dedication. Well, thank you, G. Maxx. I really appreciate your comment and, and following along uh, with the podcast. Now let's get into this episode. So I want to give you a story of mine when it comes to dealing with an illness of someone else's that reaches and touches close to home, right? You can't help but feel more sensitive to this when it's closer to you rather than watching it in a movie or reading in a book, right? And the example I want to give you is the experience with my uncle passing away. Now, my uncle passed away when I think he was 60, when he passed, right around there. And 
at the time I was going through my anxiety recovery. I was about, I would like to say four months in to my anxiety recovery, probably more than that. Uh, I would say four to six months into my recovery, still working through and pushing through challenges and dedicating myself to this anxiety plan. And then suddenly while I was driving home at night, I got the news of him passing away from my cousin. Now, it's the dragon popping up. It's your frame of reference, my frame of reference shattering, right? What do you do in that situation when you're completely in the unknown, right? And my uncle my uncle and I were close. We were close. We saw each other many times a year for holidays and festivities and to hear that news I remember my body didn't know how to react that's the unknown being so far out into chaos you don't know what to do you don't have a map to guide you back into some order or into a familiar mindset right and I remember dealing with that news I knew what to do I knew what to do because I've gone through so much of the anxiety recovery so far that I knew that distracting myself with other things was not going to help. I knew that I had to sit with this pain, deal with this pain of losing somebody close to me. I I knew I had to talk it out with family and be with my family. And those things helped immensely. But before I talk about those things in more detail, it was random. It was a random phone call. I didn't know he was suffering any sort of illness in his personal life. My family didn't know. We were just met with this news. And... I really want to answer these questions in today's episode. How did I not become so obsessed about his passing, right? That's one of the questions I want to answer. And and not about his passing, but how he passed, right? Being a health anxiety sufferer in my past, how did I deal with that emotion? Because... We later found out that he passed by an ulcer, a stomach ulcer. And you may be wondering, well, a stomach ulcer? People don't really pass from that. How did people... Well, he himself was suffering from his own mental challenges. He was afraid of going to the doctors. He was afraid of going to the hospital. Even though his stomach was hurting him, he was not feeling well. He refused to go to the doctors. So I really want to talk about that aspect as well. But 
when I when we found out it was an ulcer, you could say to yourself, "Well, Brad, how could you not be concerned that you have an ulcer now, going through that traumatic event?" And that's really one of the questions I want to answer today, as well as what techniques did I implement to prevent the idea of ulcers getting to me, getting to me, developing that obsessive personality with ulcers, right? First, to fully understand what happened to my uncle and to fully understand the error of his ways was the beginning step to fully understand what happened, right? The unconscious wants to know and solve the problem. What happened? Being aware of how and why what happened happened that prevents your unconscious mind from holding on to this traumatic event. And it's part of the letting go process. You have to answer these questions in order to not hold on to this anymore. Because the unconscious loves to hold on to problems, whys. It loves to hold on whys and hows. And ways to do this, ways to let go of these traumatic moments is to cry it out, cry, write about it, write down exactly in detail what happened and how that event manifested in your life. Visualization meditations, really important. And I see this all the time with my clients when we do a visualization meditation they release it. I can see it in, in their body and they tell me after the visualization how lighter they feel. But anyways, when my uncle passed away, I sat in the basement crying all night long on the couch. There was a mountain of tissues there. I didn't have the TV on. I didn't go for a drink of alcohol. I didn't go for marijuana. It's easy to say, screw it, right? When, when chaos emerges, when the dragon comes up, it's easy to throw your hands up in the air and say, screw it. I'm going to indulge in these habits that I know to be wrong. But what I found out when I would cry all night long, I would feel better, right? And I noticed that the more I sat with my emotions throughout that week and that couple weeks dealing with that loss, the more I would get over and heal myself from this tragic event. And then I noticed in about a month, I was significantly better because not only was I sitting with my emotions without distracting myself, but I was also talking about it with my family, connecting more with my family. We were all solving the problems. Like, how can somebody die of an ulcer? And then we would talk about how silly it was, and, and we would talk about, you know, how somebody could 
get to that point. And so we were discovering more about my uncle's personality, personality that we did not discover yet. And we were connecting more. And I found that being with the family, talking about it, as well as on my alone time, sitting with my emotions, crying it out, facing the thoughts that were in my mind that were horrific, facing them and sitting with them. And that was the desensitization process for me dealing with the loss of somebody close to me. And it's easy nowadays because we live in a society that promotes quick gratification, but quick escapism through your phone, through YouTube, through social media, through drugs, loud music even. We can easily block out that noise within our minds because of the society that we live in today. And that's one of the dangers of today's society. But when this tragedy struck me, I knew that I needed to sit with the pain. I knew that I needed to cry it out all night long. And I knew that this was the process because of what I've learned so far in my recovery journey about what is healthy for the mind and body. And I was inviting that pain in. That's what I was doing when I was sitting with the pain. I was voluntarily saying, hey, pain, I want to sit with you. I'm inviting you in. And it allowed my unconscious mind to release that built-up energy. You don't want to hold on to that built-up energy. You don't want to repress that built-up energy. When we, we, when we repress pain, we are telling our unconscious mind that we do not want to confront this thing. And thus, we treat that pain as if it's a predatory animal that wants to devour us. And so when we repress this pain by distracting ourselves, then this potential threat remains lurking in the shrubs of your unconscious mind. We know that it's out there waiting and watching within our unconscious mind. We know because when we get a moment of time with ourselves, do you ever feel like you have to go on your phone immediately? That you have to go do this habit that you know to be wrong immediately? That you have to smoke that weed or do those drugs or drink that beer or whatever it is, that distraction, that constant distraction. And a lot of people nowadays, they don't want to spend that minute, that second alone with themselves. And when you get that minute alone with your own mind, right, without any of those distractions, the unconscious will remind you your unconscious will remind you that there is this undealt pain that you're not dealing with. And it's not fully understood yet. So the unconscious is reminding you through an image, through a mental movie, 
hey, there's this pain. And like most people, we repress it, right? We repress it. We don't want to deal with it. It's too much. It's too much. But the way to enlightenment and freedom and to release that baggage is voluntary confrontation of the things that we do, do not want to confront, we do not want to face. When somebody gets an illness, right? When somebody gets something, well, this tragic moment in my life, it wasn't something that was, it was random, right? It was out of the blue. And when, when, when you're witnessing somebody suffering from an illness, it's important to pull out of your mind the reasons to why you don't have that illness, that you are different from them. But really, they're human being, right? And when somebody close to you gets an illness, it's like an awakening of your, your own mortality, because of how close it is. Oh my God, I can't believe how vulnerable I I am. I could get there. I could be that person, right? It could be me next. And really, that's what I want to answer in this podcast. So it's really important. When I was dealing with the thought of my uncle getting an ulcer in myself, I could get that also, and I could potentially die from that. Really, what I was doing was, I had to prove to myself I am healthy and tell myself I am healthy because of these reasons, right? Listing off the reasons why I am healthy, why I am not like my uncle. An illness that is close to us is like a big slap in the face of our mortality and that it could happen to us and that is a frightening thing to experience and having that trust in your body is a big part of handling the chaos of life how much trust do you have in yourself how do you view yourself in the mirror do you see yourself as this unhealthy person do you see yourself as an angry person as a vulnerable person, as a sensitive person, what is your perspective over yourself? And for me, I trust my body. So when I see people with illnesses online nowadays, it doesn't get to me because I trust in my body because I know, and I say to myself, I get plenty of sleep at night. I relax my body every day with meditation, with stretching routines. I am very disciplined with the foods that I eat and I know to be working for me because of how I feel when I eat them. They provide me with a lot of energy and mental clarity. I also release stress by exercising and doing habits that I know to be healthy. I can reduce the amount of stress in my life by journaling, by sitting with myself, by listening to my mentors and their podcasts. 
And so I've built up this strong foundation within me. And now I look in the mirror and see, oh, there's this healthy guy here because of all those things that I do that make up my personality. So if you're smoking and you are worried about your health and you have extreme health anxiety, well, smoking is not helping you because smoking underneath the surface is causing many snakes to appear, right? Because the, the act of smoking is producing a wide range of what ifs. What if I get cancer? What if I get lung disease? Or what if I get, you know, yellow teeth? Or, you know, what if it ages me rapidly? All of these what ifs emerge from that one act, right? So if you're worried about your health and you're suffering from your health from health anxiety and you're smoking, well, there's something there that you need to be aware of that if I quit this habit, I can look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm healthier now because I don't do this habit. But also when you cut out that bad habit, all of those what ifs associated to that habit cease to exist. And that's one of the big breakthroughs I witnessed with my recovery. When I stopped doing certain habits, I noticed that all of those what ifs associated to that, that habit stopped being present in my mind. And I started to be mentally stronger and I viewed myself differently. And so when I discovered from, you know, learning that my uncle refused to go to the hospital to get checked out, we all realized that he had a strong fear of going to the doctors. But I knew that there was also this fear of getting a result that he didn't want. That he, And my grandpa and grandma, they were heavy smokers and they both passed fairly early in their lives. Uh, my uh, grandpa died of brain cancer. So I feel at the same time that my uncle's dad, who's, who was uh, the one who died from brain cancer, um, I think that he was also very health sensitive and he fully didn't get, he fully had trouble getting past that death of his, right? The one he was dealing with with his dad. And I feel like that he was afraid of getting that news from the doctor, so he didn't want to go there. But he, he was also suffering in his own home because he was dealing with this pain in his stomach at the same time. So he was contending with these opposing forces in his mind. And one time near the end of his life, he went to the hospital. He sat in the emergency room, waiting room, and... He eventually got up and he walked out. And then I think he passed a day later, something like that. Day or two days later, he passed. He was at the hospital. If he stayed there, he would have got the treatment and he would have survived. But in his mind, it was this fear that drove him out of the hospital. And he was a heavy smoker. He drank a fair bit. Now, those habits 
our coping habits that produce all of those what if thoughts. And I think because he had these bad habits, it it enhanced his fears of being unhealthy and getting that bad diagnosis from the doctor. And so you can see, and and when we went over there after he passed and we went over to his house and to clean up everything in his house, his house was a mess, a mess. It was a disaster. He hoarded a lot of things. He didn't fix things. Um, Everything was piling up like boxes on top of boxes. And I always say on this podcast that your room and your house and the environment that you live in is a direct reflection of the state of your own mind. And when I went over there and I saw the state of his own house, I saw the state of his mind and I, 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 I pieced it all together. Everything made sense to me. In his mind, he was suffering. He was suffering from anxiety. He was suffering from unresolved past emotional traumas in his past. He wasn't dealing with those things. And I saw the state of his house and I was like, yes, that made sense. You know, why he didn't go to the doctors, why he stayed home and continued to drink and he continued to smoke and continued to avoid uh, the doctors. So I saw the pattern in his life when when he passed and I discovered more of his personality when he passed. And then, you know, I have had times after he passed that I thought I had an ulcer, right? I I would get a stomach ache at one point and be like, oh my God, I could have an ulcer, like my uncle who passed away. So really, how did I deal with that, right? How did I deal with that? Well, sometimes I would make the mistake of Googling the what ulcers are. I would Google ulcers and get the definition of ulcers and what the feelings are when you have one and you know the stomach aches and things like that would make me more anxious but it was a mistake because I was supporting this obsessive tendency within me right I wasn't trusting in myself I was entertaining negative thoughts And the truth is, if I had an ulcer, I would know about it. I would know. You would know about it. You have to trust in your body that something is so far out of the ordinary that it's important that you need to go get it checked out. It's important. And when I went through my recovery, I developed this trust in myself that I had the resources within me to deal with any unknown situation that could pop up. If something did occur where I had a pain that wouldn't go away, I would go to the doctor and get it examined. But that's only if it persists. And I knew stress, I knew anxiety produces a wide range of strange symptoms, strange body aches. And at first, it could be quite daunting that they're there. But for me, they always went away. 
they always went away a day later, a couple days later, and then something new would pop up and then we'd be emotionally reactive to that. So now how I deal with the illness of somebody else is I've built up this strong foundation within me of habits that make me feel healthy. I look in the mirror and I see somebody healthy because of the discipline that I have with my health, with meditation that I do, with the journaling that I do, with the breathing exercises that I do, the cold showers that I take. I've built up this foundation, right? I don't engage in habits that I know to be wrong, right? And if I were to say, for example, I'm this coach, right? Well, I am this coach of anxiety, but say that I'm a coach of the, of anxiety to my clients, but then after my coaching session, I go and then I smoke a cigarette outside and then I go get some McDonald's and then I have that. I would feel like the most unauthentic person. I couldn't do what I do. I couldn't be here talking to you on this podcast if behind the scenes I was this unauthentic guy, right? Smoking cigarettes, watching pornography, uh, eating Cheetos, and watching movies all day. Right? You would know that I am unauthentic if I were to do those things anyways, You'd be like, somehow I know Brad is this fake guy. But I'm, but you know, listening to this podcast, that I'm true. Like I speak from my heart. I speak from my experience, my true experience. And I speak from this place of, well, I'm in a place currently that I know to be true right? because of all these habits that I do right now. And so... I have enough trust in my body to make the judgment calls of whether or not something is serious or not. And I trust in my body that if something is serious, that it would make itself known and I would definitely know about it, right? And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to leave a comment on this podcast, please go to unpluganxiety.com under contact. Send me anything. Ask me anything. It doesn't have to be a comment for the podcast. It could be any question. Also, leave a comment on the YouTube version of the podcast, and I would definitely mention your comment on the show, or it could be a question on the show. And lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I hope you found this episode to be valuable and useful, and I'm greatly appreciative of the comments I get from you guys. It really means a lot to me. Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast or video. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.